welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here to finish up Extinction Agenda. We've got parts eight and nine with uh, New Mutants number 97 and X-Factor number 62 coming your way. This one's this one's uh, January 1991. I don't know, maybe they both are. I don't know. November 13th, 1990, cover price of a dollar. It's titled War. Good God, y'all. What it, is it good, good for? for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, say, say it, it again. again. <laughs> New Mutants, number 97. It's got a Rob Liefeld cover. And not Rob Liefeld interiors. It does not have Rob Liefeld interiors. So Cable's out here. Um, I have always liked this cover until now when I started <laughs> really trying to piece together where cable is in the background. And the answer to that is, uh, just about everywhere. <laughs> and so what I mean is like cable's got a really good head. He's got some good hands, some good shoulder, some huge shoulder pads, uh, good gun. Wolverine's like right below him. It's good Wolverine. I think. But then when you start looking at like where his legs are in relation to the rest of his body, and I think there's another leg sort of behind Wolverine, and Wolverine's doing another one of those like little spider leaps that that I've talked about not caring for. The thing that I don't like about this is that Cable's head is the same head as in the previous issue. (laughs) Is it? It's almost identical. I mean, I'm sure it's not identical, but it's the same, it's the same angle, the same eye light it's the same mouth open essentially he's got a gun but you know i guess the body is different but the head is essentially the same that's funny uh i wouldn't put it past rob liefeld to do a little bit of copying and pasting of himself (laughs) sure why not that was so good saves all sorts of time so it makes me wonder if we've seen this wolverine before as well maybe it's a good wolverine but what we haven't seen is the shoehorned uh cameron hodge and Genosha guy in the background. Yeah. Which just feels like an afterthought, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to like take these two guys out of it and just see like what's happening in the background with that same sort of uh you know, wide shot, muted colors and just see like is there a whole cavalcade of like really goofy looking people in the background? <laughs> Don't tell Wolverine and Cable, but they're sneaking up on him. Oh my god. Cable's shooting the wrong way. Wolverine <laughs> can't hear over Cable's blasts. What you don't know about this image is they're not attacking anybody. They're actually running away from like this whole group. And Cable is absolutely shooting a hole in the wall to make their escape. Oh, okay. Come on, Logan. Through the hole. We gotta get out of here. They're too overwhelming. I know. There's too much war happening. The interior art, though, is not Rob Liefeld. It is Yang Yap. And I wonder, I don't know who that is, but I wonder if, is is Rob Liefeld protesting? Did he get behind schedule or is he just too focused on New Mutants number 100? It seemed like his artwork in the past couple of issues was getting a little uh, behind the the eight ball, I guess. So maybe he just needed a break. Louise Simonson's the writer, Joe Rubenstein's the inker, Joe Rosen's the letter, Steve Bucalada is the colorist, uh, Bob Harris is the editor, Tom DeFalco is the editor-in-chief. Bucalado. Bucalada. Um, yeah, and they're, they're in the G- Genotian uh, Cameron Hodge death pit, I guess. 
everybody's there. There's even somebody on the floor. Um, magistrate, what's her face? Anderson. I don't think everybody's here, but there's a lot of people that are here. Oh yeah, everybody. Like boom, we know Boom Boom and Jubilee and Richter. They're not here. Richter are doing other stuff. Forge is passed out somewhere. Uh, there's probably a couple of other people missing as well. So when we last left Cameron Hodge, wasn't he like? Didn't he have his goofy hat on and he was like buried in some rubble? You know that doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I guess from this image, it kind of looks like he's rising out of the rubble. But bottom line, like the 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 mass amount of damage it looked like occurred in the last time we saw this story, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's like that was a lucky shot, but I'm fine. Yeah. If you needed to know what happened, <laughs> he's going to tell you. Yep. Uh, he he tells everybody like they, they, he didn't realize that Gene Engineer put a time bomb in Storm that would be the catalyst for all of this, and that her touch would restore their powers. Which uh, spoilers they never explain. No, I mean they kind of talk about it, but I basically guess... they say like Gene Engineer put this ability in Storm. Like, what do you need to explain? Like, you want to know, like, the details about it? Like, how did he do this? How is this no. scientifically possible? <laughs> no, I don't care about any of that. What I want to know is, like, is this a permanent alteration? Or was this just the get-out-of-jail-free card? She can touch anybody at any time, and they become a mutant now. Okay. That's her new thing. I don't think we actually see her use this power ever again, though, Adam. It's true, but uh, I think they did attempt to bring it back once for a uh, – there was a limited series in the 2000s after uh, Scarlet Witch did her No More Mutants thing where she is a nine-issue limited series where Storm travels the world. I think it was called Storm's Quest or something like that or Storm's Voyage. I don't know um, where she goes. In each issue, she finds a mutant, a former mutant, and she touches them. I should have been called Storm's Odyssey. I like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was called. <laughs> Because we're not making this up. No, I. I uh, the weird thing is, though, they haven't uh, put it in Marvel Unlimited yet. They have, not everything is in Marvel Unlimited, you know. It's like, I think it things get recently collected, and that's how they get into Marvel Unlimited. And it hasn't been collected. This is, this is a very rare limited series. It's very hard to find. I think it's worth a lot of money. So if you do find it, you have to pay quite a lot of money for yeah, it. Yeah, I wish I had it in my collection. Yeah, me too. So Storm brings back Marvel Girl's powers. Well, there's an like, you know, there's an argument where Storm wants to help Cyclops fight Cameron Hodge, and Cyclops says, "No, you got to go uh, bring back the mutants and uh, start with Jean, because uh, and then and then also do anybody else who can strike at him from a distance." And then she says, "All right, I you're right, but I don't like it." Fine. She brings back Jean, and there's kind of a moment. We get a couple panels. That are kind of neat. I like this kind of electricity fusing thing. Yeah. Um, but then she doesn't help anybody else. So I guess she, she determined that nobody else can attack him from a distance, even though Banshee's right there. What I find weird is in this issue and in the next issue, the uh, X Factor issue, I don't think there's a comment or even a thought balloon regarding Storm's amazing transference from a child to an adult. Uh, there's some sort of off commentary by Gambit that I'll talk about in this issue. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. I do recall that. Okay. Which is, it's not, it's not explicit, but it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cyclops shoots, uh, Cameron Hodge and it it doesn't matter anymore because he's uh, adjusted himself. That's when Storm and Jean Grey start attacking. Not sure what Jean Grey is attacking with. This is just like 
telekinetic energies. Sure. Okay. Her t- her TK powers. So she's like moving his wires around. T- TK blast. TK blast. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, imagine like an air cannon, right? But it's a constant air cannon. So it's just like a- an amazing amount of force pushing back on Cameron Todd. So it's basically like Cyclops' force blasts. Yeah, but I, f- I feel like uh, Cyclops' uh, optic blasts could do real damage and like like punch through a thing, whereas Gene's telekinetics is is working upon an object and pushing that object or moving that object wherever she wants to. All right. That's not how it's illustrated here for sure. It looks like she's firing blasts out of her hands, and to my knowledge, that's not how her powers work. There is no time to restore the others. Gene, quickly use your restored telekinetics while I attack Hodge with wind and lightning. We must drive him back or Scott will perish. No. Hodge is forcing himself forward despite our best efforts. There's a lot of describing the action in this issue. <laughs> Which I suppose is a good thing for a podcast. It's a different creative team, so they, you know, they're, they're not quite sure who's doing what. Maybe maybe Louise Simonson looked at this and she's like, nobody's going to know what's happening. It's true. There are some issue, uh, like panels where it doesn't seem like they're communicating very well. So we find out that uh, Cameron Hodge has shoulder spikes that he shoots. Honestly, if you look at just the action, this is pretty awful. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. When he shoots his shoulder spikes... It it almost looks like his head has been knocked off Rock'em Sock'em robot style. Yeah. And then the next panel, you just see the three of them like shooting. And I don't like, I guess the spikes are in the beginning, but you wouldn't really know it. So it's hard to really gauge what's going on from just the, just the pictures. You wouldn't know what's happening because I don't think those shoulder spikes have ever been established before, which is fine as comics. Oh, they, yeah, they have. They've, they uh, were, they? uh, they're in a Jim Lee issue. Okay. Uh, he's, he hits Wolverine and I think maybe Cable. And uh, Gambit gets one stuck in his leg. Ooh. Ow. That. And he uses it to pick his lock later. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, and then Storm has narrates basically like, shoulder spikes. <laughs> Storm, watch out. They're deadly. Well, she she kind of has to because I wouldn't have noticed them if she hadn't. Right. That's, that's my point. <laughs> we're between, doing all... the, between the two panels, like I would have not noticed that there were, I don't know why they need to be specified as shoulder spikes. I, I guess because they go into your shoulder. Does it matter what they go into? No, I think they fire from his shoulders. He has shoulders? <laughs> no, because he's just a head with like a robot body. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. This is sort of where Extinction Agenda kind of it wraps up, but also falls apart a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Onward. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so they, they fire and drop some more uh, debris on top of Hodge. There's an explosion from underneath, and uh, Rick Moranis makes an appearance to say, My laboratory, no! <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. It's just uh, it's what he says. Who's Rick Moranis? The guy from in in the panel. What panel? Playing, playing Cameron Hodge. <laughs> oh, you think that looks like Rick Moranis? I think it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got the Rick Moranis glasses, but he's got when a I, very angry into, face. When I turned into a dog, these guys helped me out. <laughs> I remember that line from that movie. I think, 
I think I butchered it, but you it's know, okay. whatever. <laughs> you got the you got the spirit of it. I, I got you got it. I, I transmitted a communication across the interwebs to you. But he doesn't say my laboratory. No, he says my laboratory. No. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He says laboratory. Absolutely, he says laboratory. So a bunch of rocks fall on him, uh, and then they're like, "Oh my God, is Hodge dead? Buried? Well, not a chance, says Cyclops." He f- not a chance. He phased through the floor seconds before that rubble would have buried him. What was that, Scott? You almost seemed to be expecting it. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> let's explain for everybody at home what's happening. Uh, it was an auto bomb that Forge placed that they had secretly placed that they had set off. I don't think they needed to secretly place it because it just it, it. I guess it's like a tracking bomb, according to this, and it seeks out the technological heart of the Citadel and destroys it. So Forge programmed that in. They must have released it when they were on the edge of the island, and it just started going. I don't know. There was a scene of everybody sort of going every which way to plant bombs. So this could have been one of those. Okay. At, um. It, it, so uh, Storm asks, where is Forge? And Cyclops says, well, he chose to remain voluntarily unconscious to protect the bomb's discovery. So that wraps that plot line up. Uh, well, that's and, good. And now I think it's time to wake him up. I'm glad that served a purpose. Because <laughs> it really was starting to feel like uh, Forge's unconsciousness was serving no purpose. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if somebody came up with it and they're like, ooh, that's a good idea. We'll figure out why later. It, 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 and they figured it out why later and it works. Yeah. So bravo. Hey, I'm happy for anything at this point. Sure. Because like that's the most coherent part of this issue. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jubilee, Boom Boom, and Richter are following the gene engineer and one of the mutates. Boom Boom, her hair is looking more and more like uh, skids. She doesn't look like you know, punky mall girl anymore. Uh, and she is just wearing, for continuity's sake, because I feel like this gets screwed up in X-Factor, she is wearing Jubilee's yellow jacket and nothing else. Which is bizarre. So that's that's good continuity from the last issue. I do not believe it lasts into X-Factor. No, I don't think so. <laughs> there is a panel in X-Factor, I believe, where she starts looking like old Boom Boom, though. That's That's good. It might be the last time ever. <laughs> so the uh, the explosion that happened above happens below, killing the uh, the mutate, and the three uh, mutants rescue them, or rescue the gene engineer, and uh, Cameron Hodge shows up by phasing through the wall. They're hiding. He's scary. He randomly tosses a bottle of Warlock for some reason. <laughs> Cameron Hodge. It breaks in to the office because he's sort of heard the commotion. The new mutants there, uh, Richter, Boom Boom, and Jubilee are hiding behind a desk. And I guess Hodge sort of retells what the plan is. That he's going to destroy all the mutates on the island and, and every mutant in the world. Every single mutant in the world! And for some reason, it sort of looks like he shoots it from like a a pouch on him. He shoots a glass of Warlock against the wall. Yeah, I'm not really sure where this bottle of Warlock comes from. It's it's uh, it, it maybe it maybe it's just just kind of random that they discover it, but uh, 
maybe it's not the the thing that he throws is not the bottle. He also says that uh, Forge Forge's bomb didn't work because um, it didn't take out the mainframe. Got to take out the mainframe. Always got to take out the mainframe. He's got his tentacles around some object. Uh, I don't know if that is the warlock bottle or if it's something else. And then the warlock bottle just happens to be lying on the floor where Boom Boom discovers it. Yeah, What's I don't know. This? It's got Warlock's name on it. It is Warlock. All that's left of him in a convenient sized bottle. So, yeah, they're upset. Um, Richter says that, you know, he wakes up the gene engineer. He's like, I've had it. I want my powers back. And then I'm going to tear this place apart. Take us to Wipeout now. Meanwhile, back in the cell, uh, I think it's Cyclops here says, Forge, wake up. Your spear has hit its mark. Which I'm assuming is like the code that awakes him from, uh, awakes Forge from his slumber. Yeah, I would agree. Their secret code. Otherwise, they're zooming in on Cyclops' lips for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's over then. Not quite. We're 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 f- uh, free from prison. Your your whole thing kind of screwed up, but <laughs> we don't know that yet. And Hodge, well, he's still alive. Not everyone is here, says Forge for some reason. Boom boom. Rick and Rain, where are they? <laughs> what is he, like, picking out who isn't in the room? And Wolverine's young friend Jubilee, says Cyclops. Which I guess he knows who that is. Yeah. So, hey, I, I got a friend named Jubilee. She's out there. <laughs> okay, Wolverine. She's young. I'll By take way, a note of that. Young. <laughs> Storm, where's Storm? And what of our powers? On that, my friend, uh, there have been some positive developments. And he says, Storm, Aurora, you're... Restored to full adulthood and power, Storm says. And more, she says, as she kisses him and creates a uh, storm cloud above them. Lightning. Despite obvious advantages, I'm not so sure I like this change. One side, mon ami. I think perhaps Storm's next kiss had best be mine, because I am a problematic character in the 90s. Because <laughs> that is what she wants. <laughs> Uh-huh. All women cannot resist me. I am Gambit. He was talking about kissing some other lady in in the last issue. One of the he kissed the lady in the other oh, issue. Oh, that's right. He just like smooches he just her and then like up and kissed her. She didn't ask for that. Throws her throws her aside. Yeah. There's got to be lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the '90s, and it was uh, it was I guess cool. <laughs> uh, I guess. If it's not cool now, then it wasn't cool then. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't cool, but it was, the perception was that it was cool. I don't know, Adam. To Jim Lee. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it. I can't. I don't know, Adam. There's no justification. <laughs> but, you know, we have to understand the era that we came from and move forward. And uh, we can't ignore where we came from. You have to know where you've been in order to understand where you're going or something like that. I really want to turn this into like song lyrics, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, Storm goes up to Magistrate Anderson and she's like, hey, you knew this was all going to happen, right? You knew that the instant I touched one of my teammates, I would be restored to full memory and would be empowered to free them as well. Well, I didn't know all of that, but, you know... <laughs> The gene engineer only seemed to transform you into a mutate. You were 
as much his weapon against Cameron Hodge as that time bomb was Forge's. The change in ear is acting against Hodge? Yep. He's a he's a true Genosian patient or a patriot, says Anderson. He's certain Hodge will destroy our country and he means to stop that monster at any cost. You were just one of the obstacles he placed in Hodge's path. Um I don't know when the page exactly turned for the gene sneer. They don't really spell it out for you. Like, was he always acting against Cameron Hodge? I don't think so. Well, it would have been uh, early on, you know, because I mean, Storm was was turned uh, in like the second issue of X-Men. So I guess that would have been part four. So I guess the midway part. Yeah. I don't know. Three. It's tough to tough to I, I still don't understand what's happening with this series. And and by the way, you know, as we work our way through these issues, uh, it will not become any clearer. There's a one thing that they do, which is totally dumb, but it, at least it make it kind of tries to make sense of the whole thing that I at least respect that they did something. But yeah, I mean, we've we've been talking about it through this whole thing is we don't understand the uh, reason that. Genosha would agree to like get in get into bed with Cameron Hodge, as it were. And uh, what we the conclusion that we have keep coming to is that Cameron Hodge came to them with a deal and said, "Hey, I know how to get rid of the X Men." And Genosha, the, the higher ups in Genosha, were like, "Keep talking." <laughs> and from that, he just kind of wedged his way in. That's all we have to go on. So this whole page is all about uh, everybody coming to the realization that Gene Engineer is on their sides. Uh, side and it ends with they're gonna go get rain and cable is like hey forge could you help rebuild my arm we're gonna need it yeah so they don't forget about that point no although his arm doesn't look terribly damaged in this panel but that's okay yeah i don't it's i don't think it's damaged i think it's limp ah sure like it's it's just a dead weight um wolverine's wearing his costume here that that should be noted for the next issue (laughs) that's because because all costumes are going to go out the window Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they they're also now talking about Alex a little bit. He thinks he's a magistrate, and he seems. If you see him, try to read reason with him, or incapacitate him, or go through him. Those are basically your options. So I'm just <laughs> going to tell you all of them. Basically, whatever it takes. Anything goes. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. Thanks, Cyclops. Uh, we see Alex. Uh, apparently, he was in the portion of the Citadel that was exploded and everybody around him died. Oh yeah. He was being let off to prison, wasn't he? Yeah. So that's convenient. Oh, so the, the, okay. This was unclear to me. So when that blast went off, it took care of this problem as well. That's super convenient. That's a very (laughs) helpful blast. Yeah. It solved like three problems. He manages to take off his, uh, collar that dampens his powers and, uh, even even though he betrayed his brother to Cameron Hodge, Cameron Hodge continued to frame him, and now he's going to go turn him into slag. This is also another thing that they don't really talk about, is how and why Alex is here. Yeah, and we've talked about that too. And we've come up with some pretty good ideas, I would say. But, yeah, we never, we never actually find out. Especially so. with, you know, a lot of the... Stories that we got with Dazzler and Rogue and um, Psylocke about they just they just kind of appeared and it's like, hey, this, you know, Psylocke wasn't here before. Maybe we should make her an enemy or a hand uh, assassin. 
And then Dazzler, like, oh, Dazzler, you're here. Well, we should work on your movie. <laughs> and Colossus. Oh, no, that's right, yeah. Colossus came back and decided he just wanted to be an artist. He just wants to be an artist, and uh, Alex decided he just wanted to be a magistrate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I've always been really good at magistrating. <laughs> Magistration? <laughs> I remember when I was captured here, and while I didn't like being the capturee, I could dig being the capturer. <laughs> This place is super familiar. <laughs> so, meanwhile, with the gene engineer, uh, Rain appears and attacks Richter. And Richter says, uh, such strength, such passion, she'll strangle me, and yet I can't, I won't use my power to harm her. He doesn't You're have right, his power. Because you don't have your power. <laughs> that wasn't a choice that you had, Richter. That's yeah, weird. I mean, you know. It's kind of weird. Maybe he's just planning ahead. Like when I do get my powers back, I'm not going to use them against rain. If I had my power, boy, I totally would not use it right now. Right. Get her off of me, Jubilee. And boom, boom. Number 490 sees your attack, says the gene engineer. That's all it takes, huh? Gene engineer, an order from you. I just saved your life, you dummy. Yep. <laughs> so they're like, all right, well, here's Wipeout uh, and he's dead. And the gene generic seems to already know about it, which makes no sense unless somebody, I guess maybe maybe Anderson found out and communicated it to him. All right, I, I could talk to myself into that. Sure. Because the, the gene engineer shouldn't know about any of this stuff. The gene engineer's whole plan is kind of confusing because I guess he was he, he wanted to get Tunnel into Cameron Hodge's lab secretly by himself and destroy stuff somehow. I'm going to never really find that out either. Jubilee, and she pulls a tough girl card out, and she's like, you better change your back, or I'm going to shove this firework down your throat. And he's like, I can't. It's impossible. And that's when Cable, Storm, Sunspot, and Cannonball show up. And they're like, he can't, but I can. You aided me and my companions against Hodge, and now we will aid you by not killing you, I guess. I don't, I'm not really sure how we're, how we're aiding you. Sunspot's not had much of a of a role here in this, this story. No, he doesn't get any lines, less lines than Gamut. You know, that's, that's going to be a problem. Uh, Cannonball got a few lines though, and he yeah. might get some more too. I guess they're aiding the gene engineer in stopping Cameron Hodge. So really they're not aiding him. They're just working at the same end as him. So storm flies over for some reason. I mean, <laughs> it looks like she's, she and the rest of the group are standing, you know, 20, 25 feet away. She's got to be super dramatic about it. it it's it's got to be it's got to have some gravitas to it. She jumps over and takes their hands. Rain Richter, take my hand. It's weird that she doesn't do it with Richter and Boom Boom. Yeah, like I, I feel like I would want to talk to the gene engineer about this first. Can I can I touch like mutate Rain? She didn't really lose her powers because she's a mutate. Or I guess, do mutates lose their powers or do they get dampened? I don't know, Adam. I'm really confused. <laughs> In some cases, the mutant powers are put into the gene pool so that they can be gene-engineered into, like, whatever they need. In other cases, I guess they can just create whatever they need out of an existing mutant. Um, and in this case, Storm can do whatever she needs to do to solve these problems. So, Genosha mutates have mutant powers from a, a gene pool of powers. They don't necessarily get to keep their own power. They get whatever power they're given. So I guess it kind of makes sense that 
the gene engineer is kind of a genetic master of manipulation and able to do the stuff to storm. I mean, we have to buy it because it's what happens. Sure. And then Wipeout removed the powers of Richter and Boom Boom and also Rain, I guess. And they made essentially she's not a mutate. She's or android of some sort. Sure. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on here. I guess it's not that difficult. Anyway, Storm touches uh, Rain, not Boom Boom. And uh, she kind of hulks out into her werewolf form, but uh, it's a bigger version of the werewolf. And there's a kind of cool thing where the genius is like, I, I did what I can. Hodge was watching. So what I was able to do was put your actual essence, your soul, yourself into your uh, wolf form. And I also made it a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger, uh, and kind of realized your potential. But your human form is always going to be a mutate slave. And remember... Hodge wanted you to see everything, so you have all of those memories, and so you're probably going to be pretty angry. And yeah. she is. At Hodge. Yeah. Not me. Not me at the engineer. Yeah. I did what I could, man. Yeah. He tried. And so, yeah, in her wolf girl form, she can freely think and she's stronger. But I guess I didn't just, catch that in her human form, she's just a mutate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, in, it's somewhere in here. In your human form... You will always be helpless, a mutate, oh. mindless, and obedient, which is cool. I like, yeah. You know, it's a nice, nice little thing. I don't. It'll probably get yeah, redacted at some point very yeah. quickly, but it's it's kind of a neat thing that you know changes Rain's character. Storm can't fix that. Yeah. So uh, Rain, she's uh, she, she's angry. Cameron Hodge. I'll get you. (laughs) He'll die by my own teeth and claws if need be for what he has done to me and Warlock and all of us. Richter understands now that his powers have been restored. He too has a settle to score with Hodge. Let's go, everybody. Random panel of Boom Boom saying, hey, Storm, what about me? Yeah, that's great, guys. But I could use my powers back, too. So what about it, Storm? What about me? It's and a lot of dialogue. Like, and I think you're right. I think this panel was drawn and Louis yeah. Simonson was like, what am I going to do with this? This panel and the panel above it are both like panels that are just filler for, uh, I, I guess I need to put dialogue here because we've already <laughs> moved past the point. Yeah. Elsewhere, uh, the Cameron Hodge is plotting and he I, phases through the floor. I like this panel of Cameron Hodge's side profile. It's great. That is a great. I would love to see that on a T-shirt. Just that image with no uh, word balloons. Yeah. Because people would look at it and be like, that's really cool. What is that? Yeah. You'd be like, it's, it's Cameron neat, Hodge. It's, it's and they'd be like, who? Design. It's yeah. got good colors and good. It's just a good image. I can see this turning into like a psychedelic uh, animation where you sort of zoom into his head, but then you go onto those little circuit boards and stuff and they become like roads and, and all Tron-like, but then you zoom back out and it's... It's, yeah, it's very neon sign-esque now that you mention that. It yeah. is kind of like going into some sort of alleyway or something. Yeah, I mean, these cool, man. these random patterns could be like city streets and stuff. That's some good stuff, man. <laughs> I am tripping my brains out <laughs> right now. Whew. It's going to be a lot. So, yeah, Cameron Hodge phases through the ceiling, which, uh, well, he phases through the floor, which happens to be the ceiling directly above uh, Iceman, 
Psylocke, Beast, Gambit, Forge, and Banshee. Don't forget they're all here. Yeah, because uh, I guess the teams have split up searching for Cameron Hodge, which is what they will be doing for the remainder of the this issue and the next issue. And um, Hodge that- reckons that Iceman could do the most damage, so he decides to remove him immediately and like blasts him through his ice chest with a laser. Looks pretty damaging. It certainly does. And then uh, somebody calls out, Banshee, shatter his back hump. I think that's what holds his phasing unit, somebody says. I hear you, Forge. So it was ah, Forge that okay. said that. Uh, says Banshee. This, this may give me a question. So he, he knows uh, right away, Cameron Hodge knows right away that everybody has their powers back because Iceman is back in his ice form. Sure. Um, last issue after mind wipe took everybody's powers or whatever his name is uh beast never transformed back into a human it's a good so i was just going to comment on that is beasts like beast blue like kind of monster self is just no longer a part of his mutation well his adam the blue <laughs> was never a part of his mutation that was when he was experimenting on himself as a part of whatever corporation it was that he worked at for that okay, for that okay. mini series. His mutant ability is like acrobatics and basically having ape-like abilities. So all of, all of the stuff that happened in that six issue limited series or whatever it was, uh, sort of mutated him beyond his mutation. And if you remove his mutant powers, he just loses his acrobatic abilities, but he doesn't. What about before that? If you, if you removed his, Mutant powers in X Men number one. Yeah, then does he revert to just a normal guy? Well, he in X Men number one, he was always a normal guy, but he was like kind of gorilla shaped. Yeah, I think was that was his. That was his build. No, I think he'd lose his strength and he would lose his ability to cling to flagpoles with his toes, as he did so many times. Okay, I don't know. I buy it. I think it would have been neat, though, for him to transform into Hank McCoy and for everybody to be like, oh, my God, Hank, it's you. Yeah. What about the time in X Factor when he transformed back to Hank McCoy? Well, that's because Artie's father, his former co-worker, was experimenting on him to try to reverse mutations because he wanted to reverse they Artie's mutations. mutations. We've already decided they're not mutations. They're chemical imbalances. Is, is. Man, they're, it, they're essentially superpowers. We're talking like Captain America type stuff. It's comics. <laughs> That's true. So you got your Captain America, your Spider-Man who had something right. happen to them that gave them their powers. And that's what Beast has. So, well, B- Blue Furry Beast is akin to Spider-Man and getting his powers through like a chemical alteration. But Beast always had his acrobatic abilities and extra strength as his mutant ability. Hmm. Yeah. He's like a hybrid. And when he gets a secondary mutation and becomes an even greater, bigger beast, what does that have to do with anything? That seems like that doesn't make any sense now. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They Like, what animal would you put him closest to right now? Well, an ape. Yeah. I guess. But he's got, like, always... the cat ears and the elf. He's got the elf ears and then the wolverine hair. Yeah. It's like they I mean, can't guess, quite decide like... what they want to do. Ape was what they initially wanted to do. Right. And now he's like a cat ape. Yeah. And so when they go further along with his mutation, they're like, nah, let's go all in on cat, like lion or something. But 
Anyhow, uh, yeah, Banshee gets taken out. Some bolos around his mouth, so he's unable to scream, and now he's choking. Choking. Strangling me. Psylocke goes Psylocke. to use her telepathic powers, but she gets zapped. She is able to get something out to uh, Cyclops. Cyclops, we've located Hodge. He phases. Forge thinks the back unit. Arg! <laughs> With spectacular aim, Gambit hurls a chunk of ice. Not a playing card. There was a chunk of ice lying around from, yeah, you know, no. Iceman's skull. I think we... We pointed out that, like, early Gambit uses whatever he can find to charge and throw. And then later, it's just playing cards, always. But Iceman didn't spit on any ice. He got stabbed through the chest. So this is, like, ice, a chunk of Iceman he's throwing. <laughs> now, we've established that Iceman doesn't turn into ice. He forms an ice shield around his body. Have we? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought, because back in the day when he turned into a snowman, it was pretty clear that he was turning into something. Oh, really? All this time you thought, like, through and through he's ice? Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, uh, Johnny Storm isn't through and through fire. He's like a body with fire around him, right? Well, at, at some point, how do you, like, separate the body from the fire? That's a good, that's a good question. So I guess, I guess I never really thought about it that deeply. That's the way I've always interpreted that power, but uh, sure, he, he could be ice through and through. I need to go back and reread every issue of Iceman or every issue that features Iceman. Boring. <laughs> Forge fires his gun at Cameron Hodge, but he... Fools, you think high-energy weapons alone will defeat me? I have been built to withstand more than you can throw at me. Yeah, so he's fine. So he was built to withstand more than you can throw at me by by the Genotians, right? <laughs> sure. Why, why didn't they sabotage him back then? Because he was a he was a decent guy. He didn't seem all that crazy. The gene engineer must not have had a part in you know. I'm going to build a fail safe in this kind of menacing monster outfit that I'm building. <laughs> I mean, if you can get past the fact that a head rolled up on your shores <laughs> and said, "I need some help with some mutants," and they're you like, know, "Okay, get rid of the X Men." Okay, head. <laughs> What can we do for your head? Well, I want you to spend all of your national resources to build me a body and a <laughs> phasing unit and link me to all your mainframes and all of your state secrets because I'm ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, 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 uh, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here, here you go. You're not gonna do anything crazy, are you? No, not at all. Now get the X-Men here. Oh, by the oh, way, by the way, I want to kill all mutants. Could you build me such that any high energy weapon uh, I can withstand? Yeah, sure. We can do that. Yeah, we got that. We got that technology. <laughs> huh? I mean, it's weird that we're not putting it in our armor, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, they had to divert all of those resources and enhancements to um, to Cameron Hodge because of their their magistrate armor or army is so crappy. Yeah, for reasons. What about all those sk the skimmer tanks, though, that they have, those Transformer stuff? They didn't use that to uh, as part of Cameron Hodge's armor? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. He's floating, so probably. Is he floating anyway. or does he have like little spider legs? I guess I don't. I, if he can phase, presumably he can. He's got little spider legs and he can phase. He can presumably walk on air the same way that uh, yeah, Kitty can. can. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I feel like some of the panels we've seen, he's been, like, attached to the ceiling as well. So, like, he can just do whatever he needs to do to move around. Yeah. yeah. So. 
Has he always had spider legs, or is it just this issue that he started having spider legs? I don't know. I feel like I've it seen... It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Beast jumps in, and he's like, I'm going to rip through all those wires. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back in, the, back back the in Cameron Hodge's lab, uh, everybody decides to destroy stuff. Yeah, they go nuts. And, uh, now, the question I have about uh, Rain here, she's in her hybrid form, and in her hybrid form... It looks like she has control over her faculties. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's what they meant before by wolf girl. Okay. Because when she said that, she was full out wolf. Yeah. Okay. All right. So full out wolf, bigger, more powerful. Wolf yeah. girl, whiny, but in control of her facilities, <laughs> uh, faculties. And then when she's just a woman, then she's a mindless servant, which... I think introduces a problem. If she turns into a normal girl, would she have the will power to turn into wolf girl? Or would she always be stuck? Yeah. They might, they might have addressed that at some point. Like Cameron, like or the engineer put the ability that that, that's the one thing she can do. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing you can't do is get out of this trap. The engineer, after they decide to destroy the lab says, Something about how, oh no, he doesn't say this yet. That's, that's coming up, uh, but he does say that I wasn't there to intervene. The effort to appropriate his power, uh, so he kind of absolves himself of the uh, the warlock situation. Yeah, how come you didn't save warlock? I wasn't there. Wasn't my fault. I'm doing what I can, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's not like I enabled him to, you know, run around in a giant spider suit. Oh, and Sunspot does get a line, and maybe. Just maybe I'm beginning to respect you. I mean, it will weaken him enough so that we can take him out. As he tears apart some of the mainframe, we'll assume. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just destroying stuff. Three, two, one, time bombs. So Cameron Hodge is like, oh, my computer functions are failing. They're in my lab and they will destroy me and leave me deaf, blind, dumb, powerless. A pinball wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I must stop them now. And so he phases through the floor and uses his shoulder spikes to shoulder spike Sunspot and Jubilee. And Sunspot gets another line. Arg! (laughs) Yeah, arg. And they are pinned by their shoulders to the wall, which I got to say that I feel like that would be like a permanently damaging um, uh, wound. Well, as we know, all mutants have healing abilities. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Enhanced healing abilities. Yeah. Shoulder spikes, kitties. They're nailed to the wall like trophies. And you will pay me back in English for the violence that you've done to my faculties. Facilities, rather. Hear that, Boom Boom? We did it. Together. Hurt him. Weakened him. Boom Boom throws a giant time bomb. It's the biggest one I've ever made and the deadliest. Gotta ask, do you think this one's bigger than the one she blew off the Beyonder's pants with? I suppose it has to be, yeah. she's, unless she forgot about that one. Because that one was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, so it blows off one of his legs. My leg, he says. You have blown off my leg, because the panel does not make that clear at all. No, it looks like he explodes. Yeah, it's basically like he's dead. <laughs> uh, insect, I will pin you to the wall and will then, uh, will then re- re- repay you in kind. And he does that. He pins her to the wall with his shoulder spikes. Yep. So now you got three mutants pinned to the wall. God, that would be painful. Uh, mm. Wolfsbane, she jumps. She starts tearing away at wires. 
You'll die! Not I, wolf girl, but you! And those you hold dear! Not so fast, poison breath! Ooh, cannonball getting a line. Cannonball, with the greatest line ever. Good try, Hodge. No cigar. I'm invulnerable. Only as long as you're blasting, laddie boy. And I guess he's not blasting anymore because he gets I, caught. I, yeah, how does he... I, so, so Cameron Hodge can stop Cannonball from blasting, I guess. Sure. I'm like, guess why not? <laughs> <laughs> Richter and Storm and Cable are all shooting now at Cameron Hodge. Storm is freezing now, I guess. Which, doesn't she need some sort of moisture in order... Could she take moisture out of the air and freeze? Yeah, there's moisture in the air. Okay. Don't overthink it, Adam. <laughs> well, I just, I'm, I'm actually thinking about something that's coming up later. Oh, that okay. Probably forget about. And so Cable also says, it, our first order of business is to free Cannonball, but not everybody else that's pinned to the wall. So let's get Cannonball free. Uh, and they do. And then they start shooting at Hodge some more. Cannonball lands on his face. It looks like it hurts. Mm-hmm. You, Storm, it is you who are to blame. You who have restored their powers. You are the author of my troubles. And therefore, I leave this room. I will see you dead. Hodge, you aim at her, but it is me you wound, says the engineer off-panel as Storm does an awesome Olympics-worthy flip. <laughs> yeah, and engineer here, he's got like a, like a uh, shoulder-mounted pistol rocket launcher. Uh, you with, hate and fear the mutants, so that's that's for the that you forget the enemies you have made among the merely human. Humans are cool too. Yeah, and we got weapons. So <laughs> he fires one rocket at Cameron Hodge. He's getting ready to fire the second when Hodge grabs him. He says, "I will destroy you." They're still in Cameron Hodge's lab, right? I think so. So the engineer was carrying this with him, or he left it in Cameron Hodge's lab? Was it like in a secret compartment? Let's go with secret compartment. Okay. Maybe, maybe what we didn't see is he had a briefcase, and this whole time, like this whole altercation has been happening, he's been assembling it in the background. It's like, oh, finally it's ready. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, because at some point, and I don't know if it's this issue or the next one, he says something about, like, if we blow stuff up in here, Cameron Hodge will come to us. Which, if he's by himself with a random mutate, seems like a terrible idea. So maybe he had these special weapons stored to bring Cameron Hodge to him. It all comes together. So he shoots the second rocket at him, uh, and that doesn't really seem to do much to Hodge. He says, no, away from me, human. You have hurt me. Oh, you okay, so it did hurt him. You have hurt me more than the others. Thanks for letting us know. That's kind of a random thing to say. You have hurt me more than the others. It's a competition. Uh, and Gene Engineer's yeah. dead, by the way. Um, yeah, he Hodge snaps his neck, and he gets thrown like a rag doll into Cable. Yep, it's a good drawing of a rag doll. Yeah, yeah. And so then he phases through the floors as you have harmed me, mutants, but not nearly as much as I will in time hurt you. He talks a lot in this issue. <laughs> he's gone. He's phased out. In the panel where his tail attacks Richter, or his tail, and Richter dodges out of the way of his tail, um, Richter's number on his leg looks like it says nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, that's it. Okay. Let's see where your mind's at. <laughs> so You have harmed me, mutants, but not nearly as much as I intend. Well, you already said all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Never mind. We're on, to the, we're on to the last page here. 
it's three panels. He phases through the floor. The artist decided he wanted to draw him phasing through the floor, so they spread that dialogue out. Yeah. And he it doesn't need to be there. It's genius. He could just be saying, ow. <laughs> He's gone. Phased out of the room as he phased in. In case you didn't notice, is everybody paying attention? I just wanted to make clear. So heard him. they've pulled... Everybody down from the wall, and uh, Sunspot's just like, oh, my shoulder, but I, there should be, like, blood and, like, broken bones and, like, all manner of, like, problems here, but they're fine. Well, they're fine, but this gives us, uh, Cable, an excuse to ditch them and not have them come after uh, them. Yeah, you guys stay here. And you guys, you're too injured to engage in further conflict. Shoulder spikes. Come on. Shoulder spikes. Rain gives Boom Boom... Warlock's ashes and says, uh, hey, uh, we're going to go do this thing, so I want you to take these and scatter them on Doug's graves. If we don't come back, scatter them. Boom Boom's like, yeah, okay, fine, but you'll be back. Don't worry about it. Just uh, punch a few extra holes in Hodge for us when you see him, okay? We will, Boom Boom, says Cable as they run off. And this is actually a pretty good silhouetted uh, panel of, of Wolfsbane. Agreed. Uh, Cable and who else do you have there? Oh, it must be Richter and Storm. Storm. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It's good. It's a little angle to it as well. So it's, it's dynamic. It's cool. Yeah, I like it. So that was the penultimate issue of Extinction Agenda. So does that mean that this is the ultimate issue of Extinction Agenda, X Factor number 62? Sure. Because I know penultimate means like second to second, last, second to ultimate, second to last. So I guess ultimate means last. What about pen means second? I don't know. Mm. I just, it's one of those things that you learn and then you never forget because it doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, Adam, we're we're at 50 minutes, so I, 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 let's just cover this thing in five and be done. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a Jim Lee cover, X-Factor number 62. And if X-Men number 271 started off with the cover that said First Strike, this has got Havoc on the cover proclaiming Final Strike. Um, it's Jim Lee. It's a good cover. Eh, if you, it, it is a good cover. But if you, <laughs> I especially like how Jean is just thrusting her chest outward. <laughs> um, but if you put, as you do, if you put this cover next to that two seventy one cover, I think the two seventy one cover has way more staying power. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I mean, do like the thing that I like the most about this cover is the Cameron Hodge in the foreground. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a detail that I don't even really notice unless I kind of concentrate on it. The rest of it is just standard Jim Lee poses. It's kind of. It, it, yeah. And I I like what they're going for here. Like we're trying to do some bookends with this whole, you know, Havoc's back and here's what he's doing. Um, this cover, for some reason, just it lacks the, I don't know, staying power, as I said, of 271. But still, it's good to see Jim Lee doing covers. Always like those. I'm really sure why Jubilee is there. She kind of, she's kind of leaping into the fray. Yeah, so everybody else is just sort of standing around. I think Jim Lee likes drawing Jubilee. And got to be honest, he draws a good Jubilee. He does. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to like say that Jim Lee shouldn't draw more Jubilees. Yeah, exactly. Cable, not so hot in this image. However, uh, it is not penciled by Jim Lee. It's penciled by John Bogdanova. Who does it? Who I believe did the previous two. Who does a, he does a, he does a job. Uh, Helen Milgram's the inker. Task Force Z squared is the letterers. 
Cool. Yeah. Glynis Oliver is the colorist. Bob Harris is the editor. And Tom DeFalco is the editor-in-chief. And we pick up right where we left off uh, in which, well, actually, not really. Um, some, of. Somehow, Richter and Wolfsbane got separated from Storm and Cable. They split up. Yeah. Cable said, check these upper floors for Hodgewell. He and Storm check those below. Yeah. So, and we get it in a line of dialogue. Yeah. And they debate about what they're going to do if they find Cameron Hodge and Ray just wants to kill him. And Richter's being a little more smart about it and says, no, we call the others because we're not strong enough, even though he's weaker. So Hodge does show off, uh, show up and his suit has changed yet again. Now he's got like, like a plastic man neck. This is super long and bendy. One thing that I've sort of liked, it's been inconsistent about Cameron Hodge's suit. I wouldn't mind it if they would have set up just a line of dialogue earlier on or somehow better established, like Cameron Hodge's suit can just do whatever it needs to do. <laughs> and I would have been fine with that. Like it can have legs or it can float because it, it seems like it's sort of um, ever expanding to like its environment. So in this panel, it can't, quite see what's happening it kind of looks like there's some stairs behind cameron hodge but it also looks like this whole thing is just connected to cameron hodge which also sort of makes it look like it's hooked up to the entire citadel and i like that idea and it seems like some of the artists have been trying to do that and then other artists have been like no it's just a spider thing yeah you're you run with it i mean <laughs> we are being presented the art that we are presented with so that is the only thing that is going to tell us the story of cameron hodge's armor battle suit so i think we have seen him outside of the citadel maybe once but i would like to believe that he's just been built into the citadel and anywhere in or around the citadel like he can just phase to and like morph on to and stuff that's a neat maybe, idea maybe to leave the citadel he has to use a very specific suit yeah no, he um, was only featured in one issue it's like futurama where they put his head in a jar and it just kind of floats around <laughs> This one's titled Capital Punishment, yep. which follows up on the X-Men's Capital Crimes. I don't know if it was on purpose or if they just were like, because the previous, the in-between was an issue called War. So I don't know. Could have called it Capital War. Or call it, call it, could have called it Capital W is for War. We're not going to finish this in five minutes if you keep bringing things like this up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and they win. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> Um, it was Wolfsbane goes crazy and she wants blood. She wants to take Cameron Hodge out, and Cable's like, "Control her, Richter." Yeah, Richter can't stop her. Yeah, Rain's not listening, Storm. And we get a so, little bit more detail. Gene Engineers changed her. Blah 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 blah. Cable and uh, Storm decide to take access tunnels because Cable has memorized the entire uh, system of the capital. Of Genosha, he memorized the blueprints. Sure, I guess is a nice detail about uh, Cable that we learn. Uh, Rain transforms to the point where she is like three times the size of Richter, which is kind of is that maybe that's like a new thing she can do. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Let's go with it. I don't it. know if she ever does it again, but uh, it, it works for this. My, what big claws you have, sweet Rain! The trans mode process seems to have released all your inhibitions. And I love this. She turns into full wolf and grabs onto Cameron Hodge's super stringy neck at this point that I don't know. We don't know why it's like this because that's not in continuity with what happened in 
the last issue here, but she goes to chomp it like she's gonna she's gonna cut that neck in half, but it doesn't he, work. Yeah, he uh, electrocutes her or something, and then his head like pulls back like a like a retractable uh, device. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that before. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Schlacked. Zipped. Uh, Richter tries to use his little shaking power to bring things down, but uh, I think Hodge knocks him over. Yeah, Richter doesn't feel like he'll be able to actually kill Hodge with this, but he got his give us his best shot. Um, yeah, I memorized the Citadel's layout from the Shield documents Valerie Cooper gave us. Remember that? Yeah, well, we know that Valerie Cooper gave them like stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice that they're like referring back to it finally. Yeah. Um, the sounds of battle have ceased, uh, but uh, Cameron Hodge can hear Cable and Storm going through the. Uh, what are they going through? The air ducts, I guess. Air vents, yeah. Some sort of vents. Cable um, says, like Jubilee would say, Bruce Willis, <laughs> eat your heart out. That was my favorite panel. Um, <laughs> and Cameron Hodge uses the hearing of them to stab Cable straight through the gut, which is kind of awesome. With his tail. Yeah. Hodge's yeah. tail stabbed up straight through the shaft. He has hooked Cable and he pulls him out of the air shaft, pulling him down, uh, Storm uses lightning and... Cyborg, release him! (laughs) You swore vengeance against me, Hodge. I restored the X-Men's powers. In case you had forgotten. Storm, you can't stop him alone. Cyclops, dare me. Father. Radio. Why does he say radio? Storm and Hodge, she needs help. Not sure why I said radio. (laughs) He looks messed up, too. He's on the ground. He looks like he's in pain. Does he want Cyclops to radio? Is he... Is he trying to tell him that he's radioing? He's telling us, the audience members, that he's using a radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They all have radios now somehow. Like, they all have little wrist comms. Oh, my God, they do. Yeah. They, they haven't had been, them before. But they can't they use telekinesis or is that just a Betsy thing and she's unconscious or something? It would be telepathy, Adam. And, Tele- telepathy. And so right. Ray does not have telepathy at this point? And at this point, right? she has... I think there's only been small hints that she might have some like meager tele telepathic abilities, but no, she can't like be the team communicator. Okay. So they got to use wrist. Yeah. Wristbands. So let's just assume that they stole them off magistrates. Yeah, probably. Uh, Wolverine comes in in his underwear. So he's like, Oh, this suits crimping my style. I'm going to take it off. Hey Gene, I'm in my underwear. It's really itchy. <laughs> uh, remember when we made out a few, few minutes ago, we should do that again. I'm in my underwear. Yeah. Was he in his underwear before in the cell? Maybe that's what this is referring to. But then they didn't pay attention to the last issue where he put on a costume. I don't know. I'm not going back to look. No. I, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, Cyclops. Go for Hodge's back hump. Forge thinks it's his phasing mechanism. And be careful. Hodge is dangerous is a thing that he does not need to say. <laughs> well, Angel tags up on it. He's like, not nearly as dangerous as I'm going to be. You feel like these guys are just setting each other up for cool lines. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, Gene. Uh, you do all these things and, and you stay back from everybody. And Wolverine's like, hey, bub, you don't tell her what to do. She's an asset to the team. And if she has a chance, she's going to take it. Back mm-hmm. off, Logan. This is none of your business. But teammates, that makes us my, 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 my business. She's as much a fighter as you are and... and Hold it! <laughs> Logan's right! 
And Cyclops is right. That's my choice. All right, let's go. Storm's waiting for us. Stop being a bunch of douches. Uh, We don't have time for this. Somebody says, I think it's Wolverine. She's some woman. And then we get a close-up panel of Cyclops and Wolverine's heads together. Wolverine's got a big smile on his face. Cyclops has huge lips for some reason. (laughs) There's not another like her. He says out loud and thinks to himself, and I'm so afraid I might lose her. It's making me act soft in the head. So sure is. Maybe, maybe he saw the footage of them making out. Well, he definitely, wasn't there like a tender moment in the, the angel Wolverine fighting pit? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty tender. It was, it was a moment where Cyclops was looking down on them or something. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. So Storm's fighting Hodge now. He's shooting some lasers at her. Hodge points out that he is essentially moving Storm into smaller and smaller spaces that she can't use the full utilization of her powers. And this is why I wondered why she stopped using the ice. Because it seems like if she can pull the moisture out of the air, that doesn't really matter how small the area gets. Well, she pulled all of the water out of the air, and now there's none left. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And she's claustrophobic, so as she gets backed into these corners she stops thinking straight that's a thing that would have been smart to bring up but it never gets brought up a little thought balloon of like i'm panicking yeah something but anyways yes she she climbs into maybe another vent or another room yeah it doesn't it's not really clear uh she it looks like she falls onto a wall and then climbs up into another vent and then hodge phases into that vent and I guess captures her. Yeah, he shoots all these tendrils at her, uh, which cuts her and is maybe um, entwining her. Yeah, definitely okay. entwining her. So she's got uh, she's got him, or uh, he, he's got her. Angel shows up and he's like, "Drop her, Hodge." Oh, it's Angel. You're you're my oldest, most hated enemy. I hate you. Make me drop her. You think me immobilized? Uh, Scared, unable to escape, mutant fool. You may have destroyed my ability to phase. Oh, because I guess he did that. Well, he, Angel thinks to himself, Haja's upper unit is probably his phasing mechanism. I know I heard Cable say it and Cyclops <laughs> retell me that, but I think it's probably his phasing mechanism. I'm going to try to destroy it. And he tries to do it while Hodge is like halfway in the wall, hoping that he'll get stuck. Which is a cool idea. Like he may be yeah. trapped there. It does not work. I still have my cyborg strength and my other weapons. And he shoots green acid liquid out of his mouth. Uh, the the last panel on the previous page before he spits out that acid, which I want to talk about in a minute, um, is great because I have no idea what's happening. Like you see some of the metal chassis and then just like red tubes and a head. And you're just not yeah. really sure what is happening where. And normally you'd be like, well, this panel sucks it's got no detail but i kind of like the disorienting um depiction of hodge at least i I guess what's happening is he's been phased into the wall and he's ripping out of it but yeah there's no way to tell that from this panel and then he opens his mouth and attached to his tongue is a little tiny acid gun (laughs) he almost has a retractable jaw too (laughs) Yeah, and it looks like there's some some like metal tracking or zippers in his <laughs> upper mouth. <laughs> Squirt, splat. Yeah, a polymer compound I designed, Warren, a molecular adhesive. 
and uh, not really sure what it does. I can't cut through it with my razor wings nor release my wing darts, but that's the, uh, he also has some sort of rope that he ties around him. Yeah, so I don't even know what this acid stuff does. It mobilizes him, I guess. Just makes him immobile. And now I will use my saw blade to slice off your head, as you once used your wings to slice off mine. Eye for an eye and a head for a head, eh? Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. A panel of uh, what Beast is doing, which is apparently drooling quite a bit. <laughs> Did he get captured? Like, why is he drooling? He got beat up. He was in the group that Sam Cameron Hodge phased through the ceiling and uh, just kind of knocked everybody out. Yeah, that's then, right. As the explosion happened, I think Cameron Hodge left, so he was okay. But uh, yeah, he, he says he's took he's taken a pounding, and he doesn't know if he can carry his fellow X Men. Cyclops said to get him out of here. We're planning our escape. Uh, luckily, there are a bunch of mutates in the hallway, and I'm gonna I'm gonna round them up. Hey, mutates, come help me! Ugh, they're not even listening to me. All right, you Jean Joe bums, get over here! I have a job for you, and I expect you to put your backs into it. Which he doesn't, how I imagine, is like, I don't know, what is that? What is that movie? Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, okay. That's what I hear. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, Angel and Hodge continue to fight. Can't move. Looks like as if Cameron wins after all. That burst of energy shattering the saw. It's... And it's Havoc! Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you finally remembered who you are and have come to save your little friend. <laughs> Drop him, Hodge, or I'll blast you to kingdom come. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not giving up that easily. And Havoc is shooting in each one of these panels at Cameron Hodge. And eventually, Hodge throws Angel at Havoc. But I will gladly destroy the both of you together. Crawls upside down and and I think was going to, like, impale them with his little pincher thing there. But... A looks like a familiar telekinetic signature moves them out of the way. Good work, Genie. Your TK shield saved them both. As for this Joker... Logan, no! I'm on your side. I remember who I am. I have no idea <laughs> why I'm here and why I decided to become a magistrate. But I'm on your side now. Don't worry about it. That's a story for another time. <laughs> oh, man. One day we'll figure out why Havoc got transported over here and why Maz Katana had that sword <laughs> or lightsaber. Took you flaming long enough, boy. My brother's stubborn, but hit him on the head enough times and eventually he'll see reason. Right, dum-dum? <laughs> Attacking Hodge one at a time won't work, bro. Fairly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I am the leader of this outfit. But he's been considerably weakened. So they all attack him at once. They use a little bit of teamwork, and it's not really working. But at least they're using some teamwork. All Jean Grey does is throw Wolverine at him. Yep, and then the tail like smacks down on her back, which looks like she's completely flattened. Yeah, so her back's broken, but yeah. the, the tail in itself has already spiked through Wolverine and is throwing him around. So he has a spike through him. Genie. Your claws are sharper, Wolverine, but mine is sharper. So does that mean that his tail is made out of like, I don't know, what is what is the thing that is stronger than adamantium? Vibranium. I think it's not vibranium, though. It's like a vibranium adamantium compound or something. Adamantium squared. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe vibranium is more powerful. No, I, I would imagine that the uh, Cameron Hodge's tail did not pierce Wolverine's bones but it's just so he's like, just yeah, it's just like 
poked through like his back and it's just impaled in his muscle. About. Absolutely. He has he, no idea. He's not a comic book nerd. <laughs> so meanwhile, Sunspot, uh, <laughs> Boom Boom, Cannonball and Jubilee, who we should point out, Jubilee is back in her skin suit for some reason. And Jubilee is wearing her yellow jacket again. So they found they found an extra skin suit for Boom Boom, and uh, Jubilee was like, "Give me my jacket back. You don't need it anymore." <laughs> sure, let's let's sure. go with that. Beast shows up, and we get a panel of Boom Boom looking like kind of like old Boom Boom. Yeah, this is a good Boom Boom, and it's nice because like Boom Boom knows Beast, and uh, she says, "Oh, gross! You are really we really are a mess." And I was like, "Oh, that's fun." Yeah, that's something that Boom Boom would say. Remember when they knew each other? Yeah. That was great. And they were chasing each other around the, the X-Factor yeah. base? Absolutely. I feel like this is sort of a callback to their mm. little relationship. You don't look so good yourselves. We're well enough to deal with Hodge, Mr. McCoy, says Cannonball, and he's like, nah. And then uh, <laughs> the chief and, uh, magistrate Anderson shows up with the president. Yeah. And so this brings up all sorts of questions, comments, and concerns around, like, this magistrate Anderson is attempting a coup, which for the context of this story and this dialogue that we're about to see, <laughs> we're told now, not before, but now that the president is crazy. She's out of her gourd. She doesn't know what she's doing. And she made this crazy deal with Hodge and she knew what she was doing the entire time. I sort of got the feeling in the first few parts of the issue that she was like, more or less like I'm going to let like I'm I'm the president so I don't like make direct deals with people I've got cabinet members that do this I sort of uh, I'm okay with what's happening because it seems like he he's aligned with what we're what we're doing not that she was like directly in on whatever it is that's happening I would agree with you but um, the other thing is that if they're going to stage a coup and I'm going to spoil it right now they they do succeed I feel like this would put genosha into a civil war because there's still there's got to be a whole bunch of people in genosha that are like mutants are terrible and another 50 percent that are like well i mean they mow my lawn and stuff but they're not that bad well we don't yeah i mean yeah when we get to that point where they're they're talking about freeing the mutates it's not entirely clear in this issue what's actually going to happen with the results of the coup um right now we're just getting the fact that the president is insane as an excuse for the 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 whole it's basically answering the question that we've had this whole time which is why is genosha teaming up with cameron hodge right because the, the president's insane the okay. ex, that's the explanation <laughs> magistrate anderson says we magistrates know that our president is insane american we have neutralized her even as your teammates are working to neutralize cameron hodge how can we aid you and that's it it's a it's, it was a quick efficient way to wrap up uh Extinction agenda. Yeah. yeah. Because because they forgot to foot, put any footprints towards this in the first eight parts. Yeah. Not, nothing at all was planted. It would have been nice earlier on to talk a little bit about like this, this political uneasiness or maybe even for Valerie Cooper to be like, yeah, some of our um, uh, our diplomats have come back and have said that maybe there's, you know, the president might be a little unhinged. They're sort of questioning yeah. her motives. Like any little bit of like, oh, okay. But, but no. <laughs> in fact... I feel like the first time we see the Genosian president, she's fairly level-headed. I think she doesn't even trust Cameron Hodge at some point. I don't remember. Which, but... which sure throws in the idea that she's kind of on the level. 
Yeah. So this wrench of like, oh, she's insane. And that's why all this is happening was like, oh, well, OK, well, that's a left field curveball. But OK, to be fair, this is part nine and they need to wrap it up. So, I mean, what else? What else do you do? I get it. I get it. You either do nothing or you just like say that the president's insane, which, you know, at least they tried. <laughs> right. So I'm and, fine with it, even though it did come out of nowhere. I just wanted to stop and comment on it because it's, oh, it's that's, definitely, yeah. it's one of those like, what, wait, but yeah, it's comics, whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, so back at the Battle of Hodge here, Wolverine's still impaled, but eventually after Cyclops and Havoc blast at Hodge enough, Wolverine is able to pull himself off of the spike. That's it, it's like, keep pouring it on, get this bum where it hurts. <laughs> and as he gets down, it's like, Gene, how is she alive? And you... Been better. Healing factor ain't what it was, but we've got Hodge on the run, and I'm game to finish him. Collapses. He falls to the ground. How? Crawling on your hands and knees? He's in no shape to continue the fight, Scott. Havoc has a a red cross pouch on his side, so evidently he's the field medic. (laughs) He's medical Havoc. Yep. He's in no shape to continue the fight, neither is Gene, so gotta leave them behind. Take the communicator. There's a great line from Cyclops. Take the communicator and rendezvous with the beast at safe point B. Because there's there's at least two safe points. (laughs) Yeah, safe point A is not so safe anymore. Alex and I will go after Hodge. Take care of Gene. Wolverine, get them out of here. Keep them safe. They're in your hands. Let's go, brother. I just fell over. (laughs) You don't understand. I can't walk. (laughs) It's over, Hodge. Admit it. The X-Men are free. Our power's restored. Your extinction agenda is finished. He doesn't, he doesn't say, say extinction. extinction agenda, I wish he but did. I though. wish he did. <laughs> Your extinction agenda is finished. He says agenda in quotes. Which why are there quotes? Yeah. And if you're going to put quotes there, which is an you might obvious as well put extinction yeah, agenda, which is an obvious reference to the title, just go all in. Don't no half measures. You could even spell it ex. <laughs> Although it would be better if it was just x dash. Your extinction agenda is finished. Well, um, Hodge is. Hodge is repairing himself. Yeah, uh, we still but, have like seven pages left, so Hodge is fine for now. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot of shooting everywhere. The X Men do manage to get out of the Citadel. I guess, I guess, Safe Point B is at the bottom of the Citadel, <laughs> just in the middle of town. It's just, it's just outside of the Citadel. <laughs> and now, when you see Wolverine's pants, they look like little cut-off shorts. Yeah, man. <laughs> and and uh, Wolverine, or sorry, Jean is clinging to her. They're probably both sure. clinging to each other because they're they're both probably pretty messed up. Yeah, they're both like falling over. <laughs> uh, Forge is still repairing Cable's arm. It looks like. <laughs> Man, you broke it again. <laughs> so they're looking up at the top of the citadel and they see explosions. Where do these jean shorts come from? It doesn't even look like his costume. So he was just wearing a pair of jean shorts, I, it, or is it like a magistrate outfit? Oh, I bet you it's a because ma- he, he and. He and Psylocke dressed up as magistrates. Yeah, so that's what it must be. Yeah, because I'm like, they have belt loops and like a, a belt and a zipper and everything. So, so the we're saying that his him having a costume was just a hallucination. <laughs> well, we discussed this that in one of those cases were costumes, and yeah. that's how Cyclops went from his mutate getup to his Cyclops costume. And Wolverine put his costume on over the remainder of his magistrate costume and yeah. then just took it off because he was hot. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm going to be with Gene in a minute. I got to show off these <laughs> biceps, <laughs> these abs, these pecs. I've been working on them. Hey, Gene, feel my pecs. 
Check out my jean shorts. <laughs> They're super short, just for you, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, yep, they continue to fight on top of the Citadel. Yeah, they're just shooting stuff. They're they're blowing him up. They're slowly making him smaller and smaller and smaller until he's just a head and a neck. But even says at that point, even you, even your own death will not protect you. In my hatred, I will pursue you even beyond the grave. And it's like I'll shoot him off the roof. Now, I have a problem with. I mean, I guess they they're on page nineteen, and they're like, all right, well, we got four, five pages left to go. But <laughs> once he's a head, like you've got so many options. Yeah, just pick him up. Right, pick him up. Go, go find like a container, like some Tupperware, throw him in there. Like he opts for like the dumbest plan, which is to shoot him off the riff. I mean, you know he's going to live and he's going to bounce around out there. Exactly. And in this case, he, he's actually able to sort of cling to the side of the building with his little neck tendrils. And as Havoc goes to check and see like how many stories he fell and, and whether or not he splattered on the ground, uh, Cameron Hodge launches a a tongue tendril out at Havoc. So he has a tongue tendril and a goo laser in his mouth. Yeah. Well, he thinks ahead. He should be using the goo laser now. Yeah. Right. So he gets flipped over the side of the the building. Uh, You don't really see this. It's all inferred from when Cyclops says, don't worry, Alex, I've got you. And you see Cyclops's white gloved hand grab Alex's brown gloved hand. And then we go to the wide shot. Alex does say, Hodge, pulling me over edge. Yeah. And then we go to the wide shot where we now see that Cyclops is holding on to the edge of the building and Alex is holding on to his hand and Hodge is holding on to uh, Alex's neck. I feel like there was a better way to sort of orchestrate that that sequence, but yeah, whatever, figure it out. Well, they're trying. I mean, you know, the dialogue is pointing at this dramatic, let me go, save yourself. No way, Alex, I won't lose my brother. It's It's very dramatic. He should say, like, no no way, Alex. I won't lose my brother again. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't. Fraternal love, how sickeningly human. I shall survive, of course, when you little heroes be splats upon the concrete. Which they should know, but when Alex, like, looked over the edge, he said, he must have, nothing could have survived that. It's 160 stories. So they don't, they they must not believe him. Even though he said, I made a deal with the devil, guys. I, I can't die. <laughs> right? Think again, Cameron, says Jean from 160 floors down. <laughs> she can hear. She's got <laughs> telekinetic hearing. Wolverine's like, oh, I can hear my super senses. This is what they're saying. Oh, I got it. Think again, Cameron. <laughs> Nobody can hear. It's Jean. She's telekinetically holding us. So Cyclops and Havoc are floating in the air. Um... Hodge's head bounces to the ground, bounces around, and just just like you said, like he's he's uh, immortal, I guess. Uh, hee hee hee! What a ride! If not a totally satisfactory conclusion to this little battle, and he lands exactly at Rain's feet for some reason. I'm not sure if Rain and Richter are just by themselves at this point, or where this is in like relation to everybody else. Yeah. But she she stabs him in the eyes. Yeah, she stabs him in the eyes and then rips more of his cords and then throws the body toward the citadel and Richter uh, fulfills the promise that he made uh, that he drops the citadel and they're like, well, he can't die, so let's bury him alive. 
which feels like a bad choice. I mean, I get the idea that they're going on instinct and they've just been through a battle and they're probably not really thinking about what they're doing. I guess it fits what's going on. But I have two questions. One, like, they know that Cameron Hodge is still alive. So, like, wouldn't they rather know where he is? And the second question is, are, are we 100% sure the Citadel's empty? <laughs> no. On the last question, it is yeah. definitely not empty. Because, like, Beast ran into a hallway and there were just a bunch of mutants standing around or mutates. There's got to so, like, be janitorial staff, administrators, human resources, all sorts of middle-level management. Yeah. Uh, lots of people lost their lives when that Citadel fell. Bad choice. Yeah. yeah Richter is, should be ashamed. He should be. He, um, should, he should be atoning for this for the rest of his life. Putting Hodge into a glass jar... And bringing him back to the mansion and putting him on the shelf and being like, okay, it's everybody's job to have a rotation where once a day we just make sure that he's still there. Yeah. And then we don't have to worry about him anymore. But now he's at, buried underneath uh, the Citadel. I don't know if he ever comes back. He probably comes back. Um, and that he's not tapping into the danger room as would inevitably happen. Well, that's exactly how that story would go. Yeah. Somebody would forget about it. The jar would crash to the ground and he would inch his way to the danger room and then he would turn the danger room into danger. <gasps> Maybe that's what happened, Adam. Maybe. I, I don't. I forget what the whole danger story is. So then on TV, we see Magistrate Anderson, I think. As a result of a severe nervous breakdown, Genosha's president ordered the kidnapping of American citizens, thus flouting international law and causing the death of one of her captors. Genosha's military has overthrown her and temporarily seized control of the government pending lawful elections. President Renault is in high security mental institution pending trial as soon as she is deemed capable. Wolverine's like, well, it's kind of a half truth, but I guess I guess it'll work. I wish the camera would just like pan over to them. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess they, we wouldn't see them. Although we might see Gene and Cyclops, and but not Alex or Wolverine. It kind of looks like they're standing there like, you'd better make the statement or we're going yeah. to kill you. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're threatening. But she kind of lies about like what happens uh, and goes on and says, half-truths which will protect our mutates from outside exploitation so that we can continue exploiting them from the inside, I guess. That's what it sounds like, yeah. I'll be staying, Chief Magistrate, to make certain that the mutates are no longer exploited with, from within, says Alex, and Rain stays also. She's I'm a mutate also now. staying. So it it sort of feels, but it's not said, that they've reformed. And they're like, we've got all these mutates. They have rights. They should have rights. We're going to free them, and we're going to be a new society. That's the implication, although how you, th you would think that like it would take more than Alex and Rain to be there. Well, it would take more than Alex and Magistrate Anderson to, to do this. Because, you, you, the, the, I mean, this is, if, 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 if the entire multiple generations have grown up and have been raised with uh, Genosha and, and sort of the, the mutate construction, uh, you would not be able to change on a dime yeah. all, all of those hearts and minds, right? It, would take generations to to grow out of that, so which is fine because probably the next time we see Genosha will be like years and years and years from now, and we can just say all of that happened, and it was awesome. So my next recollection of Genosha is uh, uh, the new X Men, the Grant Morrison run. Yeah, yeah, that's the next time I remember them as well. Which there's got to be more in between, maybe I don't know, maybe not. 
I'm looking it up now. Um, yeah, there will be there will be more coming up soon. Okay, so Rain is staying behind. She's I'm a, uh, I'm a mutate now, Rick, and my place is here with these people. I need to help them and try to ensure that some good comes out of the horror that was done to me and those others. Boom, boom! You and Rick take Warlock's ashes, sprinkle them on Doug's grave. They're like, all right, we will. Bye. I said I would do that last issue. <laughs> so all of the rest of the X-Men in, in what kind of looks like an Avengers Endgame uh, lineup of people. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> weird kid from Iron Man 3 is there. Is that the kid that's at the le- end of the line? Yeah. Oh, all right. I recently watched Endgame, and I'm like, who is that kid? <laughs> it's the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And they sprinkle the the... The ashes of Warlock onto the grave of Doug Ramsey. And then they blow away. (laughs) (laughs) They leave. A country's been freed from slavery, but at a terrible cost. I only hope that Rain is right and that the greater good will continue to be served by Warlock's sacrifice. Beneath the azure sky, the mound of ashes seems to flash an answer. Is it merely the sunlight glinting on metallic dust or the promise of something more? Spoilers, it's the promise of something more. Is it? Well, I'm assuming this is like the beginning of Douglock. Sure. I mean, I guess. Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe Douglock comes from somewhere else. Uh, this is not the last appearance of Cameron Hodge. We will be seeing him not too long from now, assuming we make it that far. Well, there you go, everybody. Extinction it's agenda in, in your face. Our Elf podcast doesn't take off and take over this one. Oh man, the Elf podcast—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the one we're going to be able to retire on. All right, I can't wait to retire. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what did everybody think of Extinction Agenda? I thought it was great. I came into this saga recalling a much different story. That's how I feel Extinction, or the other one is going to be for me, uh, Exterm- whatever it is, I don't know. The, the next Ex- big Executioner's crossover. Song? Yeah, that thing. I don't. I never read that one, so that, that'll all be new to me. So I, I, I'm looking forward to that because I, I just remember it being horrible. <laughs> We're rapidly approaching the time uh, in which I stopped collecting comics. Now, did you stop... Right after, like, how how many issues after Chris Claremont did you stick with it? Oh, I stuck with it all through Jim Lee's run on Uncanny X Men, which was what which was like, like four issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like eight, I think. I want to okay. say. I certainly had uh, X Force up until like uh, uh, Rob Liefeld's last issue. I want to say five or six more issues beyond that because then Eric Larson no now I'm thinking of Spider-Man because Eric Larson came in to do his Sinister Six story yep. um, I don't remember what happened to X-Force I probably stopped picking up X-Force because I never really cared about X-Force all that much and I was only getting it because it was the thing to do yeah from what I read from what I remember it wasn't that compelling a storyline but you know we'll uh, see and um, X-Force Factor. I don't think I really picked up much X Factor. That one I'm actually looking forward to because I I do I did pick up the first issue of that. That was like the new lineup where it was all Peter David and different and weird. Well, isn't that? And I remember liking it, but I didn't pick it up because I wasn't cool. Oh yeah, I think it had weird art. 
Yeah, it had art by I think it was like Larry Stroman or one of the guys that eventually fled over to Image. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was definitely different art, and I, that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't yeah. continue with it. And and weird art probably means that it just wasn't you know Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, or Rob Liefeld. Right. But exactly. In, it it, it in, wasn't very comic booky either. Like it was right. very dialogue heavy, and it was I don't think I was used to that sort of thing. It was like, where's my action? Yeah. Yeah, that that'll be an interesting thing to see. Um, and then as far as Uncanny X Men goes, I it was. I think they 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 had Andy or Adam Kubert continue to draw one of those books, and so the art held up. So when the art kind of fell apart, is when I stopped. So I think Andy oh. did one, and Adam did the other. So it was X Men was one of them, and Uncanny was one, the other one. One of them I liked more than the other, and I don't remember who. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell the difference just from looking. At it, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that'll be a treat. But I don't know why we're talking about that since we're going to get into it in probably by next year. <laughs> it's it's a ways out. I mean, with yeah. our with our schedule, it's not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> but you know, probably probably next year, I, I would think, possibly. So let maybe. us let us know uh, your extinction agenda memories. Does this? Th- did we do justice to the story? Number one, number two, uh, the story that we just retold. Does it hold up to what you remember? Was it better than what you remember? Was it better than what you remember because of the way that we told it? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to chime in and, and let us know what you think there, uh, visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com. Go out to facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. Follow us at Danger Room Go. Email us, dangerroom at xmenpodcast.com. Go out to iTunes uh, or wherever podcasts are available to subscribe to us and leave us some, some feedback. You can also see some, well, I guess, stale at this point, uh, but some some additional content over at patreon.com forward slash danger room, uh, which will be populating more of that uh, because now we're done with Extinction Agenda. Yeah. So, so we'll be getting back to that. Yeah. There'll be tons of good stuff over there. I'm sure so of it. It's all going to be good. Our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. And that's it. So this was the last appearance of President Renault. So we will never find out just how insane she truly was, or if the, 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 the was it a true coup where they just made up the whole insanity thing? I don't know, Adam, but I feel you like never will find out. This is a call to write some President Renault fanfic. There probably is some. Come on, <laughs> fanfic for everything. Did you know that President Renault had tentacles? Whoa, I haven't read that one. <laughs> That's all fanfic should should include a story uh, about how one of the characters has tentacles. It's all insane. Some, just some way incorporate tentacles at some point. Yep. It's yeah, up to like the that. it's up to the you know the 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 writer to make it make sense. Or it doesn't or even not. have to be a character. It could just be like you know her fork turned into tentacles. <laughs> sure. Or a tentacle could just show up. Just has yeah. to, a tentacle has to be involved somehow. A tentacle showed up and said hello and then left. <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. All right, Adam, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Me neither. Uh, that was that was a very long five minutes. I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so glad that Extinction Agenda is over. So you know what? You are so good. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. You're okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, well, until next time, everybody. My name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the danger room is closed. <laughs>